Yo, yo, yo. You know, it's never too late to start. It's never too early to start. But I do think that some things wait for a reason, for the right time. But you cannot limit yourself with the disbelief that you are too inexperienced or too young or too old or too slow to accomplish something or to begin something. An old friend of mine used to always say, do what you love, love what you do. I'm not sure where it came from. I've heard it quite often, and it may be direct and obvious, but it's not that crazy to follow those simple steps, that simple little piece of advice. And you know what? If it is crazy, well, then embrace the motherfucking lunacy. Van Gogh didn't pick up a paintbrush until he was 28, something like that, 28. And I think he passed away in his, his late 30s, like 36 or 37. You can influence the entire world in a much shorter time than you ever thought possible. And I believe in you. I'm Heath Armstrong, and this is Never Stop Peaking. It's depressing like a dimple on your butt. If you behave, you'll get a nickel you can spend on stuff. And in time, you'll get a dime if you impress your boss. So you can buy some more stuff just to numb your thoughts. You've been a space-driven higgity hunk of me since birth. Flying through the universe on a rock called Earth. Composed of stardust with an emotional gut. Why you letting conformity slam you up the butt? You're not one fucks, two fucks, red fucks, blue fucks. You can play duck hunt and wait around for luck. Or you can rent a big truck and drive your vision. Build a palace to the moon while your schmuck friends piss their pants Get up and dance, rocket ship that booty Take a chance for your freedom, miggity milk that booby Cause when the fear attacks and tries to crack what you're thinking Fuck no, you'll never stop peeking New Year's Eve, December 31st, 2020 epic year. And in this episode, I'm going to talk about why with the help of one of my amazing, brilliant friends, Justin Fairman from the Flow Consciousness Institute. But first, a reminder that you know, you're you're a shapeshifter. You're a galactic traveler. You're blasting in and out of the time-space continuum and your dreams are just as real as everything in your waking experience. And there's a lot more to reality than you've been confronting. And there are doors that you have been afraid to go in because you may learn something that you don't already know. And that something might be really uncomfortable and really powerful. Your experience is just one small fragment of infinite parallel experiences happening at the same time. What do you think about that? What is so frightening about taking the unusual path? Why do we humans get so scared to walk the direction that we're not used to walking? Is it your fear that you are actually afraid of? Or is it your power? What if you knew that the resistance gremlin forces were constantly unleashing their armies upon you to feed you that big scary illusion that the unexplored or the uncomfortable 
or the mystery of what you have not experienced is actually dangerous and scary. What if these forces also wanted you to believe and to behave, to stay in your place, to become a slave to routine or or comfort? What if they wanted you to believe that you are making the right choice the whole way? What if you busted through their illusions and you started taking your hero's journey for what it is under your own command? What happens when you allow your curiosity to turn that frightening corner, to open that scary door, to go meet the stranger across the street and fondle his balls, or to splatter beautiful colors of paint into a rainbow across a blank canvas that is staring at you in such a frightening way? Yo, instead of folding down into your comfort box and dreaming about better worlds. You got to burn that fucking box, burn it to the ground and step into the world where dreams are your reality. It's time to play in your dream machine and not fancy it from the outside. You know, your future is not written in stone. You are just creating it in real time with your beliefs and your actions and your thoughts. When we all hide in our comfort caves and we take the paths that we always take, We're collectively suppressing the creative magic that we are here on earth to perform and to experience. Open yourself up to the possibility that that you are being guided to your highest calling. Pay attention to the synchronistic signs that the world and your intuition and your heart and your gut are trying to show you and take the path least traveled on your next adventure. Only then are you going to find what you've been dreaming about all these years. What's that Robert Frost line? Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. It's powerful. It's impactful. So it's a new year. It's a new opportunity. How do you feel about what you have setting up? Coming into the new year, I mean, it's it's interesting to try to plan for another year when if we did the same planning for last year, it all was just exploding into disarray into ways that we never thought were imaginable. A lot of those things that happen are really good despite being able to see the good in them in this moment. And I am going to get into that through the words of my friend Justin here soon. But looking at 2021... There's still something so simple that can be identified and moved through. Will you hesitate or will you take action? Will you hesitate or will you take action? It's very easy to give yourself an excuse to hesitate on everything. I do it myself. I do think it's important to rest and to hibernate when we feel overwhelmed or we feel anxious or our body is telling us to do so. But sometimes that rest gets carried away and we end up on a couch, we end up watching Netflix, we end up pounding booze, we end up thinking about when we're going to start making ourselves feel better and actually taking action. 
oh, we'll just do it later. We'll just do it later. We use it as an excuse in the face of resistance. But why is that resistance there? Because in reality, dude, you are already motivated like a beast beyond measure brewing inside of you. Our problem collectively is that we allow ourselves to set limitations on our ability to perform. And it's usually based on a simple act of hesitation in a moment. We start to believe in that hesitation and we allow it to consume our lives. But you know what? We only hesitate because we think we must be motivated to do something. We have been taught not to trust our guts or to act on our intuition. But to suppress it all and wait for the perfect moment to feel motivation. Corporate marketing for your entire life has sold you on the idea that you need help to make a decision, but you don't. You're a fucking beast mode action warrior who can bust down mountains of fuckery whenever you choose. If you practice the habit of noticing hesitation... And then you give yourself a couple seconds to pull a trigger anyway and take action instead of folding into that hesitation. You will start to defeat those hesitation gremlins in every single case. Because if you take action, they are defeated. And that's a steamroll effect. That's a domino effect. When you build the habit of breaking your hesitation, that effect takes over. That's when you step into your powers. That's when you become beast mode. That results in an increase in productivity, in action, in persistence, in creating opportunity, in identifying opportunity, in opening doors for new relations, in meeting people, in understanding that there is love and support all around you and it's waiting on you to come meet it. And you have everything that you could possibly want to lead you in that direction. It all comes down to trusting your first instinct. That little thing that sparks your idea to do something cool, to do something that's right. And when the hesitation army shows up and kicks in and tries to stop you, you have that habit in place to notice it, to overcome it, and to put your anus on its face because you own that bitch. And the ability to to break hesitation also comes in the ability to trust flow, to trust your intuition in your big heart, in your gut. And that's what I want to talk about in today's episode. I'm going to go to some music, and then I'm going to bring it back and share a post that Justin wrote, and I'm going to read it vocally. Um, And I want to share it because throughout this entire year, I've had a really hard time summing up my point of view on what has happened in sharing it, and you know I don't give a fuck whether I offend people or not. But I haven't felt intuitively like it was the right time for me to boil everything up into something that I felt could be really impactful to share in the best way possible. And when I saw Justin's post yesterday, I read it. Naturally, everything that he writes, it just gets in the skin and makes so much sense to me. He's brilliant. Brilliant. I'll link to his website as well if you guys want to go check out his work because he's brilliant. Um, On the show notes, heatharmstrong.com forward slash podcast or click the links below in your podcasting app that you're listening to. I'm going to get to some music and I'm going to share a little bit of his insight on why 2020 could potentially have been the most transformational 
year of his life in the best way. And I am in full agreement with his statements. I feel like it sums everything up perfectly. And I think it could help you moving forward. So as you move into the new year, into the new fire, you become the Phoenix. You shed off all of your fear and your anxiety and your guilt in that fire. You strip yourself down to the barren, to that naked, sexy, juicy flesh. You look at yourself in the mirror. You think, God damn, I'm fucking sexy. I'm going to, I'm going to rub one out to this image in the mirror that is so fucking sexy. I love myself. Not in an egotistical way, in a respect way, in a self-love way that allows you to keep that fire burning so that you can churn that into your creativity, into rockets that launch to all aspects of the world, that infect creations everywhere, that inspire, that motivate, that help people understand love deeper, relationships deeper the power of community on a deeper level. The fuckery and the illusion of propaganda and the narrative and the sell everything that you have and invest everything that you can in material belongings because they'll make you feel better. Do these jobs that you really hate so that you can buy things that you don't need to impress people that you don't fucking even like. You're going to break through all of that shit. Because if there's anything, like I mentioned in a couple podcasts ago, if there's anything that I'm becoming more and more certain of every day, it's that the most important thing for us to do is get out of these fucking comfort shells, go outside when it's cold and it's rainy and it's uncomfortable, work for hours and hours trying to get that wet fire going, And then sit around the fire and look each other in the eyes and say, I fucking love you. You are beautiful to me. On the inside, on the outside, you're a fragment of nature. You're the trees. You're the grass. You are me. You're the fire. You're the wood in the fire. You're the energy that fuels the wind, that fuels the wood in the fire to explode. You allow me my meals. You allow me my medicines. You allow me to bathe and wash away all my shame and my guilt. You are a reminder that life is a never-ending series of letting goes until the greatest let go of all, the final surrender. We're all in this together. We're all just walking each other home, like Ram Dass says. Love the truth. I mean, love everybody and tell the truth. Let's hit some tunes, then I'm going to share some stuff from Justin. Peace! Come on, everybody, let me hear that beat. Come on, come on, everybody, let me hear that stickity stickity rickity dickity beat. Yeah!
So Justin put this post up. And it's beautiful. And I want to share it with you. So I'm going to read it. And remember, this is from his voice, and I'm going to do my best to to speak it. So if I fumble some words or some pauses, forgive me. It's not my work. But I feel very deeply in agreement with it. So every year of my life for the last 16 years and counting has been exponentially better than the last. And despite all of the challenging and disruptive events of the past 12 months, 2020 was no exception. And here's why. One, I choose to see the good in everything. I'm sorry, I already fucked that up. (laughs) One, I choose to see everything that is happening as perfect and unfolding for humanity's highest good and my highest good. I believe that all experience is hugely valuable, contains deep wisdom, and that life is constantly conspiring for my and our highest good and growth, even when it seems like it's not. This perspective allows me to stay centered and in flow in situations that seem catastrophic and avoid slipping into fear and the resulting pessimistic, limited thinking that otherwise cuts people off from seeing and receiving the massive opportunities and gifts that the present moments of otherwise highly challenging change up. Fuck. I don't know. Let me, let me just try this again. (laughs) This perspective allows me to stay centered and in flow in situations that seem catastrophic and allows me to avoid slipping into fear and the resulting pessimistic limited thinking That otherwise cuts people off from seeing and receiving the massive opportunities and gifts present in moments of otherwise highly challenging change and upheaval. Woo, that was a ringer. Furthermore, furthermore, there is an overwhelming amount of scientific, empirical, and philosophical evidence that, in my opinion definitively proves that consciousness is the substratum of reality and hence our experience is essentially a collective, albeit large unconscious, hallucination. (laughs) It seems like if I read in that kind of a voice, I understand the the structure a little bit better. (laughs) Thus, we are always experiencing the sum total manifestations of both our individual and collective beliefs and perceptions about it. And as such, to resist anything is to ultimately resist oneself, and to resist oneself can only cause suffering. Mm. From this perspective, each of us is always being served a perfect mirror, reflection of the contents of the totality of our mind in relation to the collective consciousness, and hence... Every experience contains profoundly deep insight and perfection and offers huge opportunities for evolution and growth. Thus, I choose learning over lamentation. Number two. I treat fear as an illusion 
and an invitation to expand past my growth edge and previous limitations. When fear comes up for me, instead of running from it and letting it control my behavior and limit my reality, which it always does, I instead choose to dive into and ultimately through it by using powerful healing modalities to erase it from my psyche. As I transcend fear, my capacity for love, abundance, freedom, bliss, inner peace, etc., expands proportionately and again, despite what may be happening in the world around me, my experience of reality improves substantially. Number three, I am genuinely not afraid of the virus or any disease. A virus, or any disease for that matter, can only take hold in my body or a body and a mind that are susceptible to it. Generally speaking, the body is made susceptible to disease by poor health, by weak immunity, and in much more rare cases, genetic factors and other few exceptions. The untamed mind makes the body susceptible to disease via the nocebo and placebo effects of fear. Once again, there has been a huge amount of research in fields like psycho neuroimmunology, immunology, psychoneuroimmunology, mind body medicine, parapsychology, and so on that unequivocally shows that something is only as bad for you as you believe it is. To put it another way, the more you fear something, the more susceptible you, you become to the thing that you fear through the cascading effects of prolonged mental and emotional stress on the body's functioning. I have continually prioritized my health and well-being at great expense and at great reward for the last 16 years. And because I understand the mind's role in disease and have diligently worked to chip away at the unconscious fear and perceptions that create susceptibility, I have largely eliminated the fear of this or any virus slash disease. Number four, I have opted out of the collective narrative and belief in continued struggle, suffering, and oppression, and instead I choose to believe that a hugely positive future awaits and is possible. Dun, dun, dun. It is extremely important to not give your power away to disempowering narratives about what may or may not happen, especially those predicting cataclysm or prolonged suffering. Why is that? Because as goes the belief of the individuals, so goes the belief of the collective, and as goes the belief of the collective, so goes reality. The chances are very low that you are going to die, but the chances are very high that you will have to live in the reality that is present during and after the coronavirus has its moment. And if we all start collectively believing in the pessimistic narratives being pissed off at being passed off as realism and rational analysis of quote unquote highly probable outcomes of suffering and things of suffering and things getting worse before they get better, then we create just that. Let me repeat that line. 
If we all start collectively believing in the pessimistic narratives being passed off as realism and as rational analysis of quote unquote highly probable outcomes of suffering and things getting worse before they get better, then we will create just that. Negative narratives create negative futures. Positive narratives create positive futures. Narratives are not controlled by the media or so-called quote unquote experts. Narratives may start in these places, but we keep them alive in our individual conversations, in our social media posts, and in our beliefs. But you can opt out of the negative realities being spun by your friends in the media by choosing to tell an empowering empowering story about what is happening. I love this stuff. He continues, again, Positive narratives don't mean ignoring problems or implying a lack of quote-unquote realistic thinking. It's quite the opposite. It means that problems are dealt with and challenging situations are navigated while still deeply acknowledging the truth that we are powerful creators of our reality and thus we don't let present problems or challenges limit the positive possibilities of our future. Our future is not by any means written in stone. We are co-creating it in real time with our thoughts, beliefs, and actions. If that sounds familiar, it was a line that I pulled to the beginning of this episode. It pertains. And we collectively choose to make the best of whatever challenges are arising and go through this initiation looking for ways to make things better rather than laminating or wringing our hands at the quote-unquote possible doomsday scenarios being played out while still acting prudently and responsibly with the information fed to us by the experts. Mm. Number five. Justin says... I am committed to following my intuition above all else and developing it to the highest levels of mastery. Intuition is continually optimizing for long-term success and has an uncanny ability to accurately read future probabilities. And so following it consistently and developing it to masterful levels leads to an exponentially greater likelihood of flow, of health, of harmony, of safety, of abundance, etc. over time. Because of my commitment to living primarily from intuition as my core decision-making tool for well over a decade, decisions made by me many years ago, as well as those made more recently, have positioned me beautifully for ease and flow on many levels right now, despite what's going on in the world. With all that being said, Was this a challenging year for me? You bet your ass it was. This was by far the most challenging year I've had in the last decade compared to how things typically unfold for me. I lived through two months of intense smoke and fires that made it hard to function even at the most basic levels. And in the middle of the period, my father died unexpectedly. I moved houses at the peak of the virus hysteria. My deepest core wounds and traumas were triggered many times. And I was in a minor car accident, and I had a handful of moments where I felt stressed out and overwhelmed drastically. But for me, challenge does not equal suffering. Challenge equals mass opportunity for growth and expansion. 
And so in each of these experiences, instead of blaming external situations for my suffering or my discomfort, I looked within to see what part of me was causing them. And I did the deep work to heal, to learn, to grow, and ultimately come back to center. And every time my life got exponentially better in the most beautiful and ex... Every time my life got mo... It's funny how if you like put the pause in the wrong place, it makes the sentence sound completely different. And every time my life got exponentially better in the most beautiful and effortless ways. Such is the path of flow. We talk about flow so much on this podcast. As the Buddhists say, the world is Maya, illusion, and it is our erroneous judgments of its seeming of its seeming imperfections which create suffering. I prefer to think of it as a game where the only limits to what is possible are the edges of your imagination. Either way, the outcome is the same. You choose your reality intentionally and unintentionally with your perception. So choose wisely. And I'm going to add on. Push the envelope, watch it bend. So that's a lot. It's deep. It's intricate. But it's beautiful. And I want to highlight the five bullet points again. Number one, I choose to see everything that is happening as perfect and unfolding for my and humanity's highest good. Number two, I treat fear as an illusion and an invitation to expand past my growth edge and previous limitations. Number three, I am genuinely not afraid of the virus or any disease. Number four, I have opted out of the collective narrative and belief in continued struggle, suffering, and oppression, and instead I choose to believe that a hugely positive future awaits and is possible. Number five, I am committed to following my intuition above all else and developing it to its highest levels of mastery. Those five points remind me so much of so many beautiful people that I know that no matter what the situation is, I can go talk to them and they are fucking rock solid in their vision, in their approach. It doesn't mean that you're not scared. It doesn't mean that you don't get anxiety or fear. It's how how much can you pull yourself out of that situation and witness it and realize that it's part of the collective and it's not yours. You have the ability to choose how you use your energy. And like Justin says, you choose your reality intentionally and unintentionally with your perception. How will you use your energy? To close this out and to move into the new year, I want to wrap it back around to love because I think if we can hone in self-love and we can surround ourselves with external love and we can understand that there is love in everything, even hate, then we can unfold. We can spread our wings. We can create. We can remove fear. We can beat resistance. We can pee on all the hesitation gremlins. Look, it's, 
it's something that we all really need. And I'm speaking from this perspective because it's something that I really need. And I think a lot of us in 2020 really need this. Love. It's easy to love silently, in secret, and to hide your heart from the world. It really is. It's easy to sit there and just feel so much love and not be able to convey it to others. There's nothing wrong with this because collectively the world's consciousness can feel your thoughts through energy frequencies anyway. And that love, it lifts up the world. But you know what? What all of us need right now and something that's really important. Sometimes the people around you in the world and your partner and your parents and your child and your friends and your peers, they don't just need to know that you love yourself. They need to know that you love them and not just silently love them, but they need you to love them loudly. We can feel each other's quiet love. They can definitely feel your quiet love. But it's really hard to remember and to feel in some of the darker moments when it's needed the most. What if we all did a better job of just making our love known? Big hugs. Big gratitude. Overcoming those weird comfort barriers that we have. Pushing the envelope. Watching it bend. And pouring our love into people even when they don't know us that well. Even in a society where sometimes it feels weird, like you're crossing some sort of line, like you're becoming one of the Me Too movement just by telling someone that you love them. Don't let the illusions feed you. Big hugs, big gratitude, big love. I spent many years in a long relationship where it didn't seem like I ever really heard I love you unless I instigated it first. And I'm talking about an intimate relationship. And it's easy to get sucked into that and and think that it becomes this new normal. When faced with human battles in the realms of fear and anxiety and inconfidence and depression, unconfidence, whatever the correct word is, The smallest smile, the smallest compliment, the smallest hint of love can change everything. Love transforms fear. And oftentimes, it's not that our peers don't love us. In that relationship, it's not that the girl didn't love me or that we don't love them or that there's a miscommunication. It's just that we forget the importance of expressing it and telling each other, of holding each other, and of highlighting the love with our attention and our movements and our intentions. So for 2021, I urge you, while you're working on breaking your habit of hesitation, and while you're working on flowing and following your intuition and overpowering your fear, Tell the people in your life how special they are to you. Tell the world how special it is to you. 
tell the sun, tell the moon, tell the grass, tell the fire, get in the river, tell the water, tell the cardinal directions, tell the feathers, tell the lizard, tell the rats, tell the bats. Tell the world how special it is to you. Your silence is a simple meditative beauty. It is. But your energy is infectious. And when you use that energy to show your love, your love changes everything for everybody. And it's always exactly when they need it the most. So I urge you, 2021, explore love loudly. Yeah. I'm Heath Armstrong. This has never stopped peaking. Thank you for spending the year with me. Thank you for the growth of this show. I am just, I'm, I'm honored to be able to just, to talk to you like this. I'm happy that you showed up. I'm happy we're friends and I'm happy to connect with you in the future. As we light these torches, as we transform our fear into love and we share that love loudly and we get out there and motherfucking rage create this episode supported by the sweet ass affirmations deck. The new deck is coming soon to a launch, a pre-sale I'm excited to announce when that's going to be happening soon. You can check out the Sweet Ass Affirmations deck on Amazon or on RageCreate.com. We're nearing 200 reviews on Amazon, which I could not express to you how much of a vision to reality this is for me. And take care of yourself. Wipe your butt. Don't smell your fingers afterwards. I don't know where that came from, but it was weird. Peace. There's a place called space and it's got the magic. There's a place called space and it's got the balls. There's a place called space and it's got the passion. There's a place called space where we can smash the walls. There's a place called space where we'll face fuck conformity and the chatter of incompetence is slaughtered at birth. In this place called space, we'll build a factory of smells that will assemble with our minds and sell to earth. Hello, this is Todd. I've been a bit busy lately, so you might not have been hearing from me, but I've been taking up a new hobby, which is sewing sweaters. And, you know, there's just a lot of sweaters in this world that don't fit correctly, and when you have really big nipple rings like me, you got to really be able to show them off through your sweater. You don't want them to be hidden by your sweater, but you want there to be, like, a perfect-style pocket where your nipples can sort of protrude through and people can see the piercings through the sweater, but not really to um, 
take away from the beauty of the sweater in any way. Because when you're walking down the street and you have a sweater on, your nipples are hanging out of the sweater. It can sometimes be very confusing for the person walking towards you. And you wouldn't want them to get so confused that they forget to stop at the next crosswalk and therefore walk into the road in which a high-speed pursuit comes flying through and perhaps hits them off the windshield and they fly into the air and they get caught in a tree branch that pulls them by their pants and rips their undies down to where their big, beautiful balls are just hanging there. Holy God, I want to lick them. Um, that can be a very confusing process and we don't want to get ourselves in those situations at all. We don't want any naked men hanging from trees with their balls hanging out because we, you know, have no desire to lick those types of things. All we really want to do is just work towards progressing to be better versions of ourselves. And so in that, I'm learning how to knit sweaters for the better being of not only myself, but all of mankind um, to prevent the possible scenario of your husband or your brother or your father from having his ball sack hang from the tree outside of my house. Sayonara 2020. Bring on 2021, one step closer to 2022, the kinkiest year of all. I am Todd. He thanks you for listening to Never Stop Peaking. I love you lots. Ta-ta, toots.